Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. It's time to get inside the Giants' home. Let's go, let's go, let's go. On Giants.com. I like it, I like it, I and like it. And the Giants mobile app. Ooh, give me some juice. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's roll. Back here on the Giants Huddle Podcast, brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York football Giants. John Schmuck with you from the Shrine Bowl in Frisco, Texas. The man who runs the show down here, puts it all together, helps select the players, organizes all the events, and also goes about getting the coaches here. We talk about that, the players, and a whole lot more with the head honcho down here at the East-West Shrine game. That is the one and only Eric Galco. All right, and now we're joined by the director of the East-West Shrine game right here on the Giants Huddle Podcast, John Schmoke and Tony Pauline with you, and here with Eric Galco. Eric, uh, we're about one and a half days in here. We've had one day of practice, one day of meetings. How's it been going down here in another new location in Frisco, Texas? It's been awesome. This is our, it's our new home here in Frisco, and uh, it could be better. We're at a, a brand-new hotel, the best facility in the NFL, the star. Um, our players love it. You know, our players are leaving healthy, which is most important for me, too. Um, awesome NFL attendance, 50, 60 executives, handful of coaches as well, too. So it's been an awesome first day. I couldn't be happier. Is this going to be a permanent home? or you? This is our home. This is our home here in Frisco. Yeah, it's, and you guys practice today, too. You, if you're like me, you don't want to leave this place. This place oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's, we were going for a best-in-class experience, and I find it hard to believe we'll find any better place in this place for the sure. What prompted the move from Vegas to here in Fresno? Yeah, I love Vegas, and I, you know, I moved Vegas my first year here, and uh, I thought Vegas was a great destination, and I loved it back there too. And hey, we're at Allegiant Stadium, which isn't bad either um, for our practice and our games too. But really, had the option to kind of consider things with the Super Bowl being there, um, and when we kind of reconsidered things, actually Dallas was the finalist last time around, and the city of Dallas and Frisco really wanted us here. And I, you know, I don't want to keep moving the game at all, but when the city of Dallas was as aggressive as they were and wanted us here, and we had the star in this hotel, it felt like a slam dunk opportunity to have a new home for the long term. Now, you have your all-star group of coaches here, right? And a bunch of giant coaches are here. Mike Kafka is the head coach, one of the team. Angela Baker, a tight end coach. And then you didn't know it at the time, but you have our now special teams coordinator, too. Michael Gorby on one of the teams. What is it that attracted you to, to those coaches, and, and how has it been like working with them this week? Yeah, you know, the NFL League office really helps solidify and picks our coaching staffs. But I'm not going to lie, I really want to coach Kafka. Um, a, he's a rising star. B, we have a lot of mutual friends. But C, he played in the Shrine Bowl, what, 11, 12 years yep. ago. And I think that story, aside from him being a great coach, and he's done an awesome job this week so far, that story really is what I think 
I think players want to hear that, right? Players want to hear from guys who are in their shoes. We're part of the NFLPA this year, and we've had guys from Michael Vick to late round picks, and I think these players really resonate when guys were in their shoes. But guys like Mike Kafka, who were literally here at this game, know what the hospital is all about and really add value there, I think was super important for, for us to have him here, and we couldn't be more thankful for Coach Kafka to take some time. He's a busy man these days, as you guys well know, and um, for the NFL League office, making sure he's here for us. Well, John talked about picking the coaching staff. What was the roster? situation like you know with yeah. all the nils kids going back you had the cam ward situation you know just to remind people cam ward enters the uh, transfer portal decides he, you know and you guys pick him up then he decides he's going to go back to uh, play nfl football i'm sorry plays going to go to the nfl draft you pick him up then he goes back to play miami so it must have been like helter skelter you know what it's People think, I mean, I, I always tell people, like, don't feel bad for me, right? I run an all-star game. I love this job. Yeah, I love this job, and I try to be as player-focused as we can, and I try to mean that in everything we do and be intentional, and that's why we're at a great facility. It's why we have our players starting at 8 p.m. It's the same reason why I'm not going to be mad at Cam or anybody for making their decisions. So for Cam, I talk with his family for 18 months now, and the word family is like family to me now, and I talk to Cam all the time too, and I think he really had weighed a lot of options, made a decision, and when he went there, I think I was one of his first calls, and I said, that's what we want to do, man. I'm all for it, too. So I'd love to have Cam Ward here. He'd be a great star here. I think people would be excited to be here. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of players are weighing a lot of things right now, right? Because you can transfer and get a kind of fresh start something. Obviously, NIL money makes it. You don't have to go to the NFL for money. So I think it's giving players a lot of options. I'd be lying if I said I think it didn't confuse some players a little bit and maybe not make the best decision. I'm not saying Cam Ward. Cam Ward had a very thoughtful procedure. But I think it's added some confusion. And hopefully, over the next couple of years, there's less complexity with it all. I, I don't mean to single out Cam Ward, but that's the obvious one. Overall, was it, you know, we got to go back to plan A or go back to the starting board because of X, Y, because of these players or, or situations like that? A little bit, a little bit. But, I, again, I, I, I've worked with a lot of players the last couple of years about going back to school. There are players who are going to come to the Shrine Bowl, and I said, you know what, here's the information. What do you think? I want to go back to school. Then best of luck to you. So my, my philosophy in, in, this, in this role and, and really in my life as best I can is, like, I want to do best by these players, best by these people. And if they come to the Shrine Bowl, great. They're my guys. They flowers last year, chose the Shrine Bowl. He's my guy, and I'm happy he did it. If he did something else, I wouldn't be mad at him either, right? So my goal is to get these guys good information and go from there too. And I think we've had a good roster here, and hopefully players appreciate it. Fingers crossed. Did you find that the player pool, though, was maybe a little bit shallower than in years past because of the extra COVID years and the transfer portal and NILs and stuff like that? Yeah, I think the last two years have been some of the shallowest uh, draft class the last couple of years. I think players have options. I do think that, you know, everybody wants to, the two words I, I hate the most these days, the terms draft stock, um, <laughs> because every player says I'm here, but I could be here. And they don't know that, A, that may not be possible, or B, going here lower might be just as likely as going higher as well, too. So I think there's a lot of, again, a lot of confusion, a lot of, miscommunication I would say from people in the college space saying hey come here and make you this kind of player as well too but again if I can educate these players and help them out that way I can that'd be great too but for us hey I think we've got a lot of draft picks here a lot of great players here and if there are more guys that are hey these are six seventh PFA type of guys but NFL teams can see them and meet them here that maybe these maybe teams have their PFA here but come here and press and practice and there's not a lot of guys to compete with I think a lot of these guys will have a good chance to be draft picks you're ready for a change payday comes early with citizens so go to that retreat New you moves to the country. Now you're raising goats and launching a lifestyle brand. Are you ready for all that life brings? You know, uh, to throw another curveball, yeah. the NFL decides we're going to let juniors, real juniors, play in these all-star games, which was, uh, I mean, it was, it was surprising to me the way it's been treated the best. Plus, a lot of these games, I look at them as rewards for senior players. How did that impact your plans? Uh, it 
Quite a bit, quite a bit. Um, and I think it, you know, I, I, I wish the NFL had officialized it and made it announced a bit earlier. Um, because I do think, again, I'm, I'm not opposed to I think this rule is a great rule. Because I don't, I felt like juniors were being unfairly punished, right? And just because we look at this, we're married to this freshman, sophomore, junior, senior dynamic. Like, why should juniors should be punished for doing that? So I think it's a great opportunity. And again, not a lot of juniors can take advantage of it. I think this year only half are going to an all-star game, a little more than that. So some guys will want to do it, some guys won't too. But for us, it added a little more complexity when it was announced because we really couldn't talk to juniors until that point as well too. And But again, I think for juniors, I told the league off the same thing. I said, hey, juniors should be allowed because they can get more information. Again, I beat that horse here, but giving these kids good information to make decisions is what I care about. And I think talking to these juniors as soon as possible. And now for next year, you know, starting in February, January, February, March, April for next year, saying, hey, this is an option for you. Leverage us for information. Hopefully myself and other all-star directors can give honest information for these guys and all these guys make good decisions, come out for the draft or not. Does the NC, do you talk with the NC2A at all or do you have any conversations about, you know, putting a specific date, a, a firm date on when guys can enter the transfer portal, you know, to kind of end this mayhem for everybody? Because it seems like guys are, you know, in and out of the transfer portal through February, even later. That, that might be a Charlie Baker, Roger Goodell question. Um, but, uh, but no, I, with this new rule, I've talked to the NCAA a little more, engaging them a little bit more as well, too. But the NFL League office just, the best they can with this kind of changing sport, Ken Fiore, uh, Troy Vincent, Roman Oven do a good job of trying to navigate these waters. And I think they have the same intention that, that I have is that they want to give players more opportunities and more options, right? We don't want to penalize kids for declaring early and making them feel bad about it too. So I think it's this was a trial period. I have feedback. I told the league office they're here this week. They'll be at the other All-Star game as well too and get some feedback as well. But I think we're trying to learn here. But I think the intention is giving more players opportunities should they want them. You have a handful of players here that are in meetings, meeting with teams, part of the roster, but they're not participating on the field some because of injury some because of choice what's the value to you and to them for them to be coming down here and participating even if they're not going to be on the practice field or playing in the game well I'll say every player here that's not practicing is because of injury um, so my, my philosophy is twofold one um, if we invite that player and that player gets hurt during the draft process or during their season we honor that invite for them I don't feel like abandoning these players because hey I'm not 100 percent come down here interview for sure right I'm not going to abandon any player other players that we invited that would have come down if they didn't affect their rehab um, so I'm not ever going to turn my back. If a player gets hurt, I'm not going to say you can't come anymore. That feels like the wrong thing to do. Um, but secondly, we always have the philosophy of not pressuring guys to play. You know, one of the things I, I talked to a lot of former players that played in the Shrine Bowl and other All-Star games before I took this job, and, and they said one of the things that the negative feedback was feeling pressured. I owed this All-Star game something to be at. And I want to make sure the Shrine Bowl doesn't feel that way. So when players feel confident that they're not going to be pressured by me or anybody, and our doctor, Dave Brugier, our head athletic trainer, has done a great job the last few years with me as well, saying, hey, how do you feel? You don't feel great. And what that's done, which I'm not surprised by, is A, agents and players have more confidence in us, and they're not going to say, like, ahead of time, I'm not playing in the game. They'll, say, they'll see how they feel because they know our, our staff will take care of them. And we've had players opt into the game the last two years, then opt out ahead of time because they said, you know what, I sat out for a day or two, they took care of me, they didn't rush me back, and I actually feel okay. A.T. Perry a year ago did that at the Shrine Bowl. He was going to opt out and wasn't feeling great, and then he rested. We have a ton of resources for these guys, and by game day said, you know, I'm good to go. I tell NFL Network, hey, A.T. Perry back on the roster too. So, again, my philosophy, take care of these guys. Hopefully it pays dividends in the future too. But, again, if a player gets hurt coming down here, we're not going to say no to him coming to the Shrine Bowl to interview. You know, this is turning into the quarterback game. You, you know, Dorian Thompson-Robinson last year, Aiden O'Connell, obviously Brock Purdy the prior is. year. There he is. So give, it, give us a little you know, breakdown on the quarterbacks that, we're gonna, that we saw today that we're going to see the rest of the week. Yeah, you know, I've been, I've been joking with my buddy. I, I've, <laughs> I can explain why any of these quarterbacks should be the next Brock Purdy. Right? I've mastered the Brock Purdy spin zone. <laughs> but guys like Austin Reed and uh, Devin Leary, 
played a lot of football, started a lot of games in college. That's what Brock Purdy had, right? I always say Brock Purdy saw a lot of stuff for better and for worse in college, and it made him who he is today to be someone who's not phased by changing situations. And Devin Leary, Austin Reed, jump out as those kind of guys. Talia Tagovailoa's played a ton of games. Big Tim's all-time leading passer. It's, it's it, Today I watched the practice. He's hitting balls downfield, deep comeback, deep outs with new receivers. That accuracy is going to transfer over. So I think we have a lot of depth at this quarterback class. And for me, you watch on film, and all these guys have things they can improve on. I'm not sure what you saw today, Tony, but I thought all these guys showed something, whether at the Hula Bowl before they came up here or today at practice that says, hey, you could say any one of these guys can be fourth, fifth, sixth round picks. And I think I think we'll have at least one of these guys go in the top three, four rounds. I think two of these guys will go in the top five rounds because even though it's a deeper quarterback class, not a lot of guys in this class can come in tomorrow and be backups and then develop for more in the future. That's what teams love about Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Hey, this guy could be a backup tomorrow for us. Same thing for Brock Purdy, you know, Mr. Irrelevant. A lot of teams tell that guy could be in our quarterback room. We have a lot of guys this year that are going to fit into a quarterback room in some way. And then like Aiden O'Connor, like Dorian, like Brock Purdy, who knows what happens when the season starts. We know you love all the groups here through a couple days. Any specific ones are sticking out to you as being particularly deep or particularly impressive? Yeah, we've got a, a, a really good group of uh, DBs and a couple of receivers that are really impressing despite it. Um, our DB room, I think, has probably the most traffics we'll have on a per capita basis, uh, probably the most top three, four round guys as well too. But I thought two guys that impressed today from what I saw, Isaiah Williams, that receiver from Illinois, and then Malik Washington Wash at uh, Virginia. Um, on the West team, like those two guys were outstanding. And I think especially because our DBs are one of our stronger groups. So um, the fact that those two receivers are in a big way, I think both those guys are top 100 picks. I'll be shocked if they're not top 100 picks. And they did that against these DBs. We're going to have 14, 15, 16 DBs who are draft picks. That's a, that's a darn impressive day for those two guys. You love turf. You're good at it. So you start a turf biz. Business grows. Your savings grow. Become the most celebrated name in turf. Are you ready for all that life brings? You know, the Shrine game historically has always brought in players from Canada. Yeah. And you look like you got a winner this year. Yeah, a, a unique one, too. Yeah. Um, so no, no guys from Canadian colleges, but uh, Quantez Stiggers is as fast of a story as I've seen. And thankfully, it's gotten some more play on social media. People are learning about who he is. But just what he's going to overcome, you know, went to Lane College, COVID ends the season, doesn't play college football doesn't get any more opportunities. His mom signs him up for the fan-controlled football league. Then he can't go to college anymore. And then he has a great season there. And then uh, Vince Magri, the assistant GM at Toronto, signs him in Toronto, rookie of the year. And every, almost every NFL team called the league office saying, hey, can we work him out for the NFL? And the league office said, you can't because he hasn't gone through a draft process yet. So this is a one-of-a-kind situation, a loophole I bet is fixed by next year. But right now we have a, a former a, a, still a current Toronto Argonaut CFL player playing in the Shrine Bowl. It's as weird as it gets, but he was great today. And I, I would say walking around the sidelines, asking scouts who they liked, they were all asking me, what's his background again? Who's the Stiggers guy? What's it, what does Toronto Argonauts mean? He's been, the, he's been one of the talks of the event just because he's such a unique story. And then finally, a question for me. I want to talk about the guys up front. I think you have a really good offensive line group, had some really good pass rushes. I really enjoyed watching the one-on-ones today. Your thought on those two groups up front? Yeah, I would say behind DB offensive line, just this whole draft class is loaded. I mean, Tony, you watch the whole country as well, too. It's the best offensive line class I can remember in my 15, 20 years of doing this. And I think even from the top-tier guys, there'll be six, seven, eight offensive linemen in the first round, maybe 10. Yeah. But here, I think we've got a lot of guys who are versatile. Christian Mahogany of BC, you know, people thought might be a first-round pick a couple years ago. Maybe he won't be there, but if he's below that, that's still second, third round. I think he'll end up somewhere in that area, too. And 
Um, Garrett Greenfield, Mason McCormick from South Dakota State, both been dominant all week in practice. We're big fans of those guys. They're rising up draft boards just by being here and talking to scouts before they got here. We're watching film too. So that's been our best, I think our best position group is offensive line outside of DBs. And again, I think we'll have probably our most draft picks per capita at offensive line and DB, which is great for NFL teams because every playoff team always wants more O-line and DBs, that's for sure. You know, one of the history of the East-West Shrine game is having a lot of small school guys. And you basically brought most of the two-time championship-winning South Dakota State team. You mentioned Garrett Greenfield, McCormick, the Janky Twings. Talk a little bit about all those players. Yeah, it just worked out like that. I mean, honestly, we weren't trying to say we want to have a quota here. We want to get some South Dakota State guys. And, and you know, we were bullish on a couple of South Dakota State guys really early on in the process, McCormick and Greenfield being two of them. We thought I actually met those two guys in May of this offseason, got a chance to watch them work out up in Minnesota. And just impressed for who they are as players. Greenfield, super athletic as a left and right tackle. McCormick can play center. Um, the Yankee twins, both really good athletes. I think NFL teams are still figuring out who's better because one was this and then one was this better this year and one's a better athlete. So they're both guys who I think are, are going to be slam dunk six seventh round draft picks. And, and kudos to South Dakota State. If you can have five draft picks at the FCS level with probably limited NIL resource, that's a heck of a job by their coaches staff developing these guys. Eric, before we say goodbye, anything else you want to make sure the fans know about this process, your game, it's coming up on Thursday. Anything else you want to make sure that people know about what you're doing here? I appreciate our coaches. I think we've got our best roster in my two years of doing this now. I think we'll, we'll break another record this year in terms of draft picks and hopefully our player experience. You guys as media have a great experience as well, too. And, you know, I took over the game. I want to have a best-in-class experience for our players, agents, NFL teams, coaches, et cetera, too. And I think we're accomplished that here in Frisco. So um, for those of you who are able to come to the Shrine Bowl this year, hope you guys have a good time. And if you haven't been here this year, hope you get a chance to have the virtual credentials and come by next year here in Frisco. I'll speak for Tony. We're having a great time. We appreciate the access, and we look forward to the rest of the week. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Great information from Eric. He joins us every year to talk about the Shrine Bowl. Does a fantastic job down here. They've really been great. Awesome hospitality, really good access to the players. It's been a lot of fun spending time uh, with him and the guys down here at the Shrine Game in Frisco. First time I've been down here, and they've really done a bang-up job giving us access to all of their players. Thanks for being with us on the Giants Little Podcast, brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the Giants. For Eric Galco, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you next time. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A Redwood Forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at VisitCalifornia.com.